Welcome to the Manager Tools Members Only Podcast for May 2006. Hi, this is Michael Ozan, and welcome to the Manager Tools Registered Members Podcast for May 2006. Today's show is the third of four shows giving a high-level overview of how to communicate with different behavioral styles at work. Over the past two months, Mark covered the D, Dominance, and the I, Influence, in DISC. Today, he's going to walk us through the S, Steadiness, profile in detail. Folks, I'm sorry, but this is a long one, almost an hour, and we cover a lot of stuff. Should you decide to proceed forward and make the investment in time, and we hope you do, let me point out a couple of things that might help you uh, make this the most uh, productive use of your time. First, although it isn't necessary that you've listened to the previous High I and High D podcast, you'll want to have listened to our regular weekly show on the DISC model, and that was the Improve Your Feedback show on February 17th, 2006. Without the high-level overview, this podcast won't be nearly as effective for you. Second, if you've been following these DISC podcasts, you'll be aware of the How to Use the DISC to Be More Effective Everyday Cheat Sheet. Yeah, the How to Use the DISC to Be More Effective Everyday Cheat Sheet. We could have shortened the title, I guess, of that a little bit. But in any case, that's available in the members section on the website. Now, for those of you trying to get the most out of this cast, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have printed the cheat sheet and have it next to you for reference during the podcast. That will make it uh, a little easier to follow, I think. So you might want to try that out. So with that, on with what I think you'll find to be another fun and informative show. Enjoy. Now, we've developed quite an inventory of great information over the last uh, two weeks and two weeks, two months. Um, and then the normal podcast on the disc stuff, um, this is powerful, powerful yeah. stuff. And, and, and we've actually, we've gotten several emails, which of course not everybody sees, we, you know, the, the people who aren't posting or sending us emails. Um, I, I'm even surprised and I've been using disc for years, Mike, and I'm surprised at the strength of people's response to the disc podcast. People are asking for them in advance, you know, they want it expanded, they have questions about it and so on. Um, so I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, I come from a technology background, and you implemented this back in um, my MCI days. Um, it was extremely powerful. People, you know, I'm, I think most of our listeners realize you kind of have a developed over years. It's not like you're born with this, but you have an innate ability to read people and understand and, and uh, associate with them in a way right. that makes them feel good because you studied it, right? right? Yeah. And so a lot of our listeners, I don't think they've ever had the opportunity to understand human behavior in a, in a way that yeah. allows them to more um, intellectually kind of parse a conversation or parse a relationship in a way such that they can be more effective in that relationship. Right. And that's why this thing is so powerful, I think. Yeah. I, I, for me, I think one of the things that people get from it is if they, the, if they learn a little bit about it and they try it, they get immediately better feedback. It's not like I have to go to a class for six months or three months or six weeks even and, and, and learn it and then stumble through it. You learn a couple of the concepts, you internalize them, you try one of the things and you say, wow, look at the difference in something that I wouldn't have ever considered having an opportunity to do better at. It's just my personality, their personality. Right, We're right. communicating, right? Right. It, that's just the way it is. People think of it as the ability to, to 
understand people the way that this there's other other models oh, but, there's a lot of way ones. That, yeah. they, but people tend to think of that as something they're born with yeah it's innate yeah. it's a it's part of their personality it's, right. it's not it's a skill just like it's a new lever else. it's not it's not understanding how to pull a lever that we've already known about it's literally a brand new lever that happens 500 times a day it's like oh <laughs> do other people do all the executives in my company know that and just not me <laughs> yeah, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> exactly so we so we've covered we we had uh, original one of our normal podcasts we'd covered mm-hmm. disc and at a, at a high level and then we've right. been going over the the specifics so if anybody's if there's a new registered listener and you haven't gone back and listened to some of the old registered member podcasts you're going to want to because we've talked about we've talked about high d's we've talked about high s i high eyes right and today we're going to talk about high s's exactly so yeah so Okay, so let's, how do you spot high high S's? Okay, um, let, let's start with the, the 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 famous people that might allow people to start zeroing in on what we're looking for. Um, some famous high S's include Mother Teresa, um, my, my personal favorite, Mister Rogers, um, uh, John Denver, the singer. N- not because everybody knows his personality, but that 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 sort of gentle, relaxed, uh, not not necessarily country boy, but but. Uh, um, uh, easygoing, his his character in um, Oh God with George Burns, that kind of uh, warm and personable and friendly, caring about other people uh, personality. Walter Cronkite, um, you know, not not uh, belligerent, not loud, just steady, um, uh, reliable, uh, resourceful. You know, th- these are the team builders of the world. Uh, they care about everyone else. Um, Almost to, in some cases, to the extent of their own expense. Um, whereas a high D, you know, the high D comment is uh, it's a case of mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. Right, right. Whereas the high S would say, mind over matter, uh, uh, I hope you don't mind. I don't matter. You know, I'm so concerned for you. Um, uh, they're, they're, uh, they tend to be the warm and caring leaders of families. Uh, families t- tends to show up more, more so in the way they interact with the world than somebody, let's say, a high D. Um, and, and I use high D as an example here because Ds and Ss tend to be most opposite, just like Is and Cs tend to be most opposite. Um, they tend to be quiet. They tend to be reserved. They, they tend to not speak. They, they tend to be not the one speaking the most in a group situation. Um Oftentimes they 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 get the 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 label strong and silent um, because they don't chime in even though they care about and are willing to extend themselves to benefit other people. Um, they tend to, as we all do, we tend to like people like ourselves. So they tend to naturally gravitate toward people who are relaxed, tend people who tend to be agreeable. Um, uh, they love people who cooperate, um, and they're a cooperative person. Um, they're the person who, when we're getting ready to go out to, uh, uh, a movie, um, uh, that the high D's can take advantage of because the high S says, oh, sure. Wherever you guys want to go, go. Sure. Now, w- one of the difference between high S's and perhaps high C's, um, both of whom tend to be reserved, the high C says, well, wherever you want to go is fine. And then when they don't end up going where they like, the high C has issues with it. The IS doesn't. So, well, the team wanted to go there, and that's what I want. I want everybody else. I want as many people to be happy as possible. So even if the IS didn't want to go to the movie, they're going to enjoy it because they know everybody else in the group right. wanted to go to that movie. Now, I know that's not you and I. <laughs> and, it, and I think it's important. You know, you and I come at it from the, from a high D perspective. I tend to have more high I than you do. Um, but 
but just because we joke about it that way doesn't mean that our way is better. It just means it's different. Um, and again, we've talked about this a lot. Recognizing different people's styles will help you relate to them more effectively. And if you, uh, there have been people who posted on the, on the blog and the discussion forums about, um, well, th- this is my style. A- and they say it as if, well, that's my defense. Um, and, and that's exactly the wrong approach to have. Um, it's not enough to know your own style and to say, therefore, that's why I do what I do. The point of it is to know why you do what you do and to say, okay, is that my, is my natural response to this situation necessarily the most effective one? Just because it's your natural one doesn't mean it's most effective. It will be most effective some of the time. High S's work better in some situations than high D's and, and high I's and C's and so on. The question is not what's your natural style, what would work best, and then if what works best is different than my style, how do I change it? Right. And, and the only way you can get better, per my earlier point about they tried it and it works better, the only way you can get better re- and to be noticeably better is to practice it so much that the period of time between the moment you recognize a style is different and the, than, than your style or the style that's called for or the most effective style is not your style. Um, the, the period of time between you know that and you act on that becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. So it would appear to people at some point that you do it effortlessly when right. in fact you've, 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 you've studied it and you've paid attention and you've practiced and stumbled the way we all do when we're learning new things. So, um, uh, high S's avoid conflict. Um, they're uncomfortable with conflict, uh, just like high C's tend to be, um, uh, uncomfortable with conflict to some degree. They tend to be reserved about it. Um, high S's generally don't like abrupt and significant change. Um, we like to say that high S's like advance notice, uh, and, and the way they would position the advance notice, if I'm a high S and I work for you, Mike, and, and you announce something to the team and you say, Hey, I've got something really new and really exciting and so on. Uh, my first response may not be positive, And you're kind of going, gee, why wouldn't you like this? Well, I'm a high S and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm wondering how the impact on the team is going to be. Um, and, and a lot of times I think uh, a high D leader misunderstands the high S that doesn't buy into the change. It's not that they disagree with the change. It's they need time to process it in a way different than the high D. And by the same token, when we have a high S leader and the high D subordinate, if you will, and and the high S is taking a half an hour in a meeting to position it so that everybody on the team feels good about the change, probably you and and to some degree me as well. Get on with it. (laughs) Please just tell me, you know, you've been telling me about something that's going to happen. What actually is going to happen? (laughs) I'm tensing. I'm just envisioning the scenario. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, So again, they don't, they don't like change. If it's abrupt or or it's a distinctive change, they tend to be, they they want more time to process it. doesn't mean they're not going to do just as well after the change. Um, that, but they, they tend to react differently to change than these or I's do. Okay. Makes, makes sense. Okay. So we, we've talked about, again, if you, ha- if you haven't gone back to the, the other podcast, um, this might seem a little bit different. But we've been talking about, you know, verbal clues, vocal clues, and visual clues in terms of identifying these kind of types of people. Yeah. So. So what are what are some of the verbal clues associated with a high S? Okay, let me just before I before I answer that, yeah, the verbal, vocal, and visual is is a way to help people use this day to day. In other words, rather than saying high S's are Mother Teresa's, we don't want people looking around going, okay, who are the Mother Teresa's in my organization? That's an interesting construct, but it's not as helpful as okay, 
what if I hear these things, if I see these things, if I um, um, if I hear these words, if I hear these tones, um, can I be- change my behavior? The faster you can identify that different behavior than yours, the more quickly you'll be able to if you want to, to change your own sure, behavior. Sure. Um, so verbal clues, these are um, um, words, statements, and so on that people will make that will identify them to you as high S's. Now, one of these alone does not make somebody a high S. Two of them probably doesn't. There are times when a high D will use some of these. Um, but we feel that if we identify those verbal, vocal, and visual, and you start looking for them, which is a a really clever idea. Let's start paying attention to how other people behave around us. There's a, there's a fundamental interesting uh, concept. Um, If you have all of these in your kit bag, as you're listening to people, you, you don't have to go, okay, I have seven now. I mean, it's not as if we're keeping track, but if you're thinking this way, you'll get enough of them within, literally, uh, I can do it within 30 seconds. Um, Maybe when people are starting out, maybe, maybe it takes them two minutes but that two minutes is so powerful for the rest of that five-minute conversation. The next three minutes are going to be so much more powerful. Um, I'll never forget talking to a high D once. Uh, high S joined the conversation, and I actually got to watch him stumble a little bit. He was just a little bit slower with him with this high S than he was with me because we were both high Ds, and so we're interrupting each other and talking over each other. Then I see the high S come into the conversation, and I knew this, this other guy was a high S. And I watched this D, and maybe because because I was there, uh, and I was an external consultant to this organization. I watched him slow down and, and pause when the the high S got done talking, because he he was processing. He was thinking, right, what, right. "What did I just see? What is where, where am I going to where am I going to put this guy?" But then when it clicked, I was stunned by the difference. I mean, I saw his body posture change. I saw his body language change. I saw him slow down the rate of his speech. Um, and when the high S left the conversation, we had an agreement on something that probably could have taken a lot longer had me, a high D, and this other person, a high D, um, uh, engaged in our normal set of behaviors. And, and it was neat to watch him do it. it. It maybe took him two minutes in the conversation, but when he got there, he was committed to, okay, I need to change my behavior. And it wasn't, it wasn't as if a, a, a somebody else had been watching and said, boy, that guy's really acting weird. I mean, it was some subtle changes, but it had an enormous difference. I'll never forget. In fact, it was it was um, uh, just a couple of years ago, and I thought, man, it, it, if people could do that, um, very powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, okay. So verbal clues, um, high S's, uh, um, much like high C's, tend to ask questions uh, rather than making statements. And 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 I think we've talked about this before. Psychologists and and and. Uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but people who tend to focus on how people interact vocally in terms of the words they say um, will tell us that asking questions versus making statements is a fundamental uh, dichotomy that exists in people. Um, People who tend to ask questions rather than making statements are saying, I'm less confident about the truthfulness or, or, or the, 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 the value of what I'm saying. And so I'm going to ask questions to gather more data before I make an actual statement, which maybe not used against me, but essentially is a statement that will come across as fact. Whereas D's and I's tend to just make statement after statement after statement. Um, A a question tends to be more reserved. It tends to come across as more subservient. Um, uh, Whereas D's, you know, D's say, this is 
hey, here's how I feel. And by the way, I expect you to feel this way too. The S says, well, how do you feel about that? Um, and in fact, an S that used to work with me said, well, this is what I'm thinking, but before I share more, how does that make you feel? <laughs> and part of my response to your, your chuckle, right? It's like, what? Well, why would you do that? This is how I feel. <laughs> and if it pokes you in the eye, well, I'm sorry it pokes you in the eye. No, an S would tend to say, well, I'm, I'm thinking this way. Is that okay? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> and the D says, why do you care whether I think it's okay or not? That's how you feel. Um, so they tend to be a, a, a classic example of an S is that when you interrupt them, they stop talking. Because they see two people talking at the same time, an interruption as conflict. And so they'll stop talking. They'll take a reserved approach. And so when the D or the I interrupts them, they quickly go quiet. Now, some Ds and Is mistakenly see that as a lack of confidence or, or a, a subservience. It's not. It's a different way of interacting with other people. There are plenty of high S's who absolutely have way more self-esteem than me or some of the other D's, I's that I know. Um, it, it's that they are choosing. They believe that, that when you interrupt them, you've introduced conflict. And they can reduce conflict by stepping back, by stopping talking. They'll pick up their point later. Uh, and they may, in fact, chuckle mentally that you interrupted them with something that was so inane <laughs> that, it, that it, you didn't add any value to the conversation. And if you'd just let me finish, we'd have gotten where we needed to go. Um, so it's not a matter of subservience at all for the D's and I's in our community. Um, it tends to be just a, a, a choice you're making about how you interact and what you believe is most effective. Um, so they stop talking when they get interrupted. Um, they tend to reserve their opinion. In other words, they won't immediately say, here's what I think. Um, you, you, you'll have to ask an S their opinion um, rather than just letting them state it. Whereas, again, D's and I's, and I, I'm, I'm contrasting here because the D's and I's tend to be the, the forceful. They're, they're the aggressive or assertive, um, two of the four major styles. Um, uh, they will tend to state right up front, here, well, here's what I think. And if you guys don't want to go that way, that's fine. I don't care. Right? Whereas the S says... Um, they don't share their opinion. And then when they're asked, they share it and they say, but, but how does that make everybody feel? Because I, you know, I don't want to be too far out there. I don't want to roil the team with this wild idea that I have. Um, they tend to talk a little bit slower. Um, and I've discovered when it comes to pace of speech, um, this is one of the ones that's easy to tell. People can pick up on this one pretty quickly. If you know your own style, all you need to do is listen to yourself, have a little person on your shoulder saying, okay, how fast am I talking? And then compare that when the other person in the conversation starts talking and you'll, you'll, you'll immediately pick difference. it up. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be 80 beats versus 60 beats. It's just faster or slower. And if you're an S and somebody else is talking noticeably faster than you, then they're probably a D or an I rather than a C. If you're a D and somebody is talking about the same speed as you, then they might be an I or they might be a D. So it's not a, you don't have to, to fine tune it. We're not looking for numbers. We're just looking for relative speed. Um, they ask, um, when they ask questions, they like to ask how questions. They, they like a process for things. They want to know what the next steps are so they can take a, a new change or a different way of doing things or an existing way of doing things and break it down into small little bits so they don't have to deal with the whole altogether. Um, they're very comfortable with small talk. Um, you know, if you go to a high S's desk on a Monday, Unless you want to roll over them, those of you who are high D's and I's in, the, in, in our in the listener audience, um, 
then you better be prepared for it. Well, uh, hi, Mike. How are you? How was your weekend? You know, how, how's your wife? Um, gosh, did, did, did you get that leak fixed? Um, I, I, that's good to hear, right? And, and there's probably there are days when it's Monday and you have a deliverable at the end of the day and you're listening to this person ask you about a leak and your head's about to explode. I know that because it's actually happened to me. <laughs> um, and um, if you want to have a better relationship with S's, you need to slow down and allow the small talk to happen in a way that doesn't appear that you're rushing them through it because you're going to get to what's important to you because it's really what should be important to them too because you're a D, by gosh, and they ought to know it. Um, you know, the old joke about D's and I's is, I don't want everything. I just want what's mine and what's next to mine. <laughs> um, they use first names. Um, D's and C's don't tend to do that. I's and S's tend to do that. You know, the I's and S's are on the people side of the chart. On the right side, the right hemisphere, the D's and C's are on the task side on the left side of the yeah, it's interesting. Uh, of our chart. That goes back to our conversation last night. It does. But my, exactly I, right. You know, I made reference to when Mark and I were talking about things, and I made reference to a, how's your son doing? And his reaction was, his eyes rolled back in his head, stop <laughs> yeah. breathing. Like, we're talking about Drake. Drake. The fact yes. that I say your son was. Yeah. It's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought about it in the context of of I didn't think other about than it until just now. other than yeah. other than the fact that I knew immediately that saying your son <laughs> didn't go over terribly well. And it's funny that that was a good lesson to me because it's clear from your feedback to me that it was it was incontrovertibly provable that I had a negative reaction. <laughs> <laughs> which I may very well have thought, no, this is a private negative reaction, but apparently it, no, was it wasn't. Not. It wasn't private. It was openly, blatantly dismissive of your inability to say my son's name. <laughs> but, but it's it's it was fascinating that yes. that was an important distinction to you. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So, anyways, there's there's proof. It yeah. this stuff shows up every single day. Yeah. Okay. Vocal clues. Um, now, now, this is not the words people say, but this is how they say those words. Um, you tend to find that there's less ups and downs, highs and lows in an S. They tend to have a steady rate of speech. Now, I don't want to overdo it, but a perfect example is Mr. Rogers. I mean, the metronomic, warm, gentle tones, and I, I'm not suggesting people can reproduce warm and gentle, but but um, steady even, not the spiky, the high eye. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Right. You know, Bob Smith, Rush Chairman, darn glad to meet you. Um, Do all high S's wear those kind of sweaters? Is that, yeah. is that part of it? Or? <laughs> no, not so much. Um, we'll talk about visual clues here in just a minute. Um, they tend to be lower, quieter volume. Um, sometimes S's will get talked over in a meeting because they're not willing to raise their voice to be heard. You know, if you have a, a sales meeting, with a high S, uh, that high S's ideas are not going to be heard. If you have five high D's and I's, five high I's on a sales team, and you've got a high I sales manager, the one high S might very well at the end of the year be told, you know, I really, I really don't, um, I don't get a sense that you're contributing to some of our debates. And the high S is just probably in a sense rolls their eyes and says, you know, you're just such an insensitive manager. They would say this privately, of course, uh, they would keep it to themselves. Um, that you can't realize that I did speak up and, and I just got rolled over. And it's, and it's not my weakness. It's your weakness. You're talking so loud. You can't hear other people. 
you, you think that loudness or that walking over somebody else in, in a in a conversation, in other words, to dismiss everyone else to to assert your primacy, is actually an effective tool. And it's not if we're brainstorming. Everybody's voice has got to be heard. You know, uh, so a high ass is it, a good example, sort of going in a different direction here, is the kind of manager who would say, what do you all think about this? Or let's brainstorm it for a minute. Whereas a high D or high, I would just say, okay, we're going in this direction. Right. Um, so, um, uh, again, slower rate of speech, um, more pauses, more. Uh, in fact, a high S once told me, Mark, I'm not going to tell you, give me a moment. I'm just going to take a moment. <laughs> and and uh, and I said, you know, it would really be helpful to me. This guy's name is Andy. He said, Andy it would really be helpful to me if you said, give me a moment. He says, no, I, I'm uncomfortable saying give me a moment because that sounds demanding of you. I said, well, how about... Um, uh, please just give me a second, or would you please give me a moment? He says, well, I could probably do that. And and I knew when he asked that of me, I was supposed to go into neutral. And and the 30 seconds he took to think about the point I had just made, I was comfortable in those 30 seconds. Whereas before, he would pause, and I would wait, and the time bomb would start to go off. And right, right, right. Wait, I said something. Isn't it your turn to talk now? And, and, and I joke about it, but that's absolutely a weakness of D's and I's, assuming that because people don't have the ra rapidity of speech that they have, that somehow they're not, the S or the C is not intelligent or not engaged or not interested or not a peer in terms of the idea or in terms of making things happen. Um, and the S says, you know, if you take a few seconds after I give you an idea and roll it around in your head, you'd probably respond back with something more powerful than just your first emotional response to the first five words before you stop listening to me. So both styles work. It's just a matter of respecting each different style. Um, and they tend to be patient. Again, the, the, to me, the, 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 um, the, the vocal clue is when, when a high D or I, or even a high C is talking, the S is comfortable with them building a case and taking five minutes to prove a point or to tell a story. Um, and, and the, the S is comfortable waiting for that because they're being respectful of the other person. That's how they're showing their focus on, on, on people. Whereas the D or I says, you know, please get to the point. You know, uh, what's the point you're trying to make? I'm two minutes into this and I don't know where you're going. Um, S's tend to be a little bit less good in interviewing, interestingly enough, I've discovered, um, because they want to take those two or three minutes to build a case. And, and interviews are so time compressed. Recruiters have learned, if, even if they weren't natural D's or I's, they tend, to, they tend to, to move in that direction because of the behavior that needs to be compressed in a 30-minute interview. Right. So S's tended not do as well, all things being equal, because they need to speed up their speech and make their point sooner, and they don't have the time to, 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 to tell a story, if you will. So. Now, you asked about visual, okay? Um, so, tend to be subdued clothing, okay? They're not going to wear the bright pinks, the bright yellows uh, in springtime. Um, they're going to tend to wear fall colors, provided that they're interested in fall colors. I'm not suggesting that you can tell somebody just by their, their color. color. Okay. Um, uh, but they might wear brown and then tan and then uh, brown shoes. And so they tend to be uh, uh, monochromatic. Uh, they're not going to wear red pants and a white shirt. Um, and again, that's an oversimplification. Um, this is a classic one. We talked about this one before. They're embarrassed by recognition. 
the high I who leads a team who says, Jerry, come on up. We want to tell you how great you are. And Jerry gets this look of panic on his face because he's a high S. And the high I just assumes that everybody's like me. <laughs> Wouldn't the world be a better place if everyone was just like me? That's what high I's think. And, and, uh, and you've ended up trying to recognize somebody and, in fact, in embarrassing them because they don't want to be in front. They don't want the spotlight on them. Far better to say, hey, I'd just like to say um, uh, Jerry did a great job last week. It meant a lot to me and the team what Jerry did. Jerry, no, no need to come up. I just want you to know how much I appreciate what you did. That to an S. And then going on to say, perhaps, I'd appreciate if you all go by Jerry's desk today and just say thanks because it meant a lot. Those one-on-one, thank you, appreciate you, and so on, that'll make their week. Bringing them up in front and having confetti and so on, what a high D or high I might want. Not going to be effective for a high Yeah, S. interesting. Um, they tend to walk a little bit slower. Mike, if you, you know, we, we've worked in corporate buildings. Have you ever walked next to somebody who you're always turning around and wondering why they ended up a step behind you after 20 or 30 steps? All the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, we, have a, we have a good friend who once walked from one end of the building and didn't even know that three people along the way in their cube said, hey, how's it going? I mean, this, she was leaning forward and headed toward your office, and there was nothing but your office in her head. And people were like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. She didn't even know they had said anything to her because she was so driven. So a high S goes a little slower, might stop along the way for a conversation, might you know, take some five minutes to get a cup of coffee because they along the way they run into people who you know, they, they say, hey, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Want to come with me? You know, wanna, wanna, how's it going? It, it, it's interesting. I find... Um most of the time I walk with people, I, there is an underlying tension. There's, there's, there's an, great, there's, that's a great there, point. There's yeah. always, there is always there's an underlying like, tension. Come on, let's, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I would say that a number of years ago, that was true for me. But when I started wanting to have better relationships with people and paying attention to the disc model, now it was more an intellectual curiosity, how fast they're going to go. And I lost that sense of irritation that I had, much like you did before. Um, yeah, you replaced, now, the, yeah, re- replaced the irritation with curiosity. Yeah, right? yeah you, and, and data gathering. Like, right, okay, right. I get to use this to my advantage rather than I'm ticked at you. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of times where I'm walking where I'm looking over my shoulder going, okay, now, you know, I, I have enough data. I know you're a high S and I, right now I don't care. <laughs> we need to go somewhere fast. Um, but I think that's a helpful thing. If you're interacting with someone who not because they have a different idea than you, but for in terms of the interpersonal connection, you don't have a natural click with them. One of the most powerful things about the DIS model is to say, turn that irritation that you might jump toward. In other words, you've been poked with an umbrella with person with a different styles than you, different style than you, rather than getting irritated about it. Use that and say, okay, that's a new data point. Let, let me spend a minute paying attention to them, understanding how they're going to approach this. And then if I modify my behavior 10 or 15% even, um, because people are sensitive to rates of speech and those kinds of things, um, I might get an enormously better outcome. And for most people in a work environment, we're assuming a professional environment here, um, getting noticeably better outcomes more often than not is a worthwhile uh, reason to consider changing from an irritating response, an irritated response to a, hey, uh, data gathering in the service of better results. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Uh, they, they tend to, uh, they tend not to have a crushing grip in the handshake, although we'd like to think that they listen to the podcast that we have on handshakes and now know the correct grip, uh, baseball bat and all. <laughs> um, 
they tend to have a relaxed face. Their eyebrows are not going up. They're not big smiles. They're not leaning forward. Um, uh, they're not raising one eyebrow. Um, they may have smile lines, um, but but they're not um, they're not Jim Carrey the way a high eye <laughs> might be. Uh, in fact, there are high eyes who look like Jim Carrey to the high S's and the high C's of the world. Gosh, what's, does that guy have a twitch? <laughs> he's always, you know, he's always doing something with his face. Um, not Probably not as comfortable with a lot of direct eye contact. If you make a lot of eye contact with them, they're going to look away because they might see that eye, conflict, eye, eye contact is con- creating some conflict. Um, they tend to move a little slower. Uh, and they make smaller gestures. We've talked before about the box that people gesture inside or out of, above the waist, below the shoulders, and inside, uh, below the neck, and inside the shoulders. And they tend to make those gestures inside the box. Um, and so, if you're going to be effective with them, you need to tend to. If you're a high D or I, and you tend to make big gestures, you tend you need to tend to mitigate that, make them smaller, attenuated, if you will, uh, to keep them from feeling like you're invading your space, their space, every time you make a big wild gesture with your hands, the way I know I do. We'd have to put like rubber bands between yeah. your arms to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, so those, that's for, for, for those of you who meet Mark and you get an animated discussion, just make sure there are no cups of coffee <laughs> nearby. <laughs> you may have a little like something. Touche. There we go. Um, so that's verbal, vocal, and visual. Excellent. Right? Excellent. Okay. So, okay. Now we've, now we've identified them. Now, one of the things we, we've been talking about is, okay, once we've identified somebody who fits into a particular style of communication, then what are the things we can do to be more effective in our communications with these individuals? So how would one Good. moderate their behavior around high S's to be more effective, which right. is, of course, what we're all about here. Right. Okay. So, so in general, um, show them how that any new idea you're bringing to them, show, show them how it reduces their risk. Show them how even though it's something new and different, that it'll actually make things work better, smoother more effectively, less risk, less upside, less downside, those kinds of things. Um, Show how an idea is beneficial to people, not just to bottom line. Hey, this will improve our margins by 3%. Uh, Okay, well, what's the effect on the team? So so what you say is, look, if we can improve our margins by 2%, we're going to have better bonuses. Okay, Uh, you guys, there'll actually be a bigger pool available to us. You know, your Christmas bonuses actually could be better this year. um, And that's a great, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to provide for your family and have an even better Christmas than you did last year. Um, That's a way to turn a profit margin discussion into a team building high S uh, um, uh, persuasive, uh, persuasive comment is to say, look, if, if, if we do this, um, our utilization rate will be 90%. That will reduce the chances that our team will be on the block for cutbacks if, in fact, the entire organization has a cutback. Right. Okay? That's a, that's a way to to, so to to turn what amounts to a, a metric into a how do good metrics affect people. Because, look, if you have good metri- metrics, that tends to make your team uh, um, more secure, feel better, so on. And now, it may mean you have to work harder, um, but that's an easy way to do it. Um they like data, and they like proof, so they want a case to be made. Don't just say, we don't have a lot of time to do this, but we just got to do it on the fly. Um, so take your time, make a case. Um, again, if you're, if you're a leader and you know you have two or three S's on your team, you may want to spend more time with them after the meeting, but don't just walk into the meeting and say, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. You guys, you know, go implement it because the S's are going to sit there stunned like, how can you be so insensitive, you clod? 
Mm. Uh, um, giving them time, maybe actually saying, hey, what are your thoughts about this? Um, will be a way to engage them a little bit to hear where they're headed and let them process this new change that you're introducing. Uh, briefing them early on change. You know, you're going to announce something on Thursday. Take take uh, two, your two high S's aside Wednesday afternoon and say, look, I just want to, you know, I know you like to think about things a little bit. I want to give you some advance notice. I'm doing this with clear understanding that you won't share this with anybody. Um, I'm, I'm telling you now, this is close hold. Don't Don't share this. And you're going to hear it again on Thursday. Some of the people on the team are fine with hearing stuff in the meeting going, okay, that's where we're going to go. We're going to turn right. Great. No problem. Whereas I know you like to think about things a little bit. So I'd like you to, if you're going to share something tomorrow, I'd like you to have some time to think about it. So you don't feel like you're put on the spot to come up with a, sharing something with us that you're not ready to yet because you need to mold something over. Totally fine. I respect that. You could win some big converts to, to a new idea and to your way of leading by giving some of the high S's a little bit more advance notice. Um, briefing them early on change, if you will. Do, do you, look, quick question. Do you find when you do that, and you and maybe even got given them some data and proof ahead of time, so they're they're convinced. Do they, given their other kind of characteristics, do they do they tend to be supportive of the decision in the in the meeting? Is there a difference in terms of would you expect different behavior from them in the meeting if you had talked to them in advance? Yeah, yes, and that's the whole point of it. I, I want different behavior. Uh, now, look, if you're a jerk and the idea is bad, briefing yeses in advance is not going to cause them to say, yes, we agree with the boss now. Oh, I can't show data on stupid ideas and get their buy-in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. Yeah. You don't want a team of high Ds and high Is out there. You don't want a team of ISs just so you can brief them all in advance, and then they can all agree with your stupid ideas. It doesn't actually work that way. <laughs> that's true. Why are we doing these we podcasts? Have, we, we, we have executive <laughs> friends who say, yes, stupid is forever. Um, no, it doesn't, doesn't change a, a bad idea. Um, but yeah, absolutely, they behave differently. What, what will happen is, rather than them being quiet and mulling it over, and if you have five people on your team and two of them are S's, and now 40% of your team is just sitting there, if one other person doesn't like the change, now you have 60% of your people on your team sitting there stunned, I guarantee you that the, the two high eyes you have on the team who say, great, this is going to be wonderful, they're going to notice that the three other people on the team are saying nothing, which they might very well read as, this is not good. They don't like it. And now they're wondering, okay, what kind of conflict are we going to have over this? The S's aren't disagreeing with the change. They're simply not ready to make a statement about it. In fact, they might not be ready to make a statement after 10 minutes in the meeting. Briefing them in advance gives them a chance to wrap their heads around it, wrap their arms around an idea. And they're more willing to say, well, here's what I like or here's what I don't like. And, and, and for most leaders, it's okay to hear what people don't like. So you can brainstorm about that. You can talk about that and you can mitigate it in some way or modify your, your idea. I think a lot of times people, people's bosses come to meetings, Mike, and they say, okay, we're going to go in direction X. And people don't realize that just because they're the boss doesn't mean they wouldn't be comfortable with X prime as their new direction, right? It's not, it's not as if it was on, come from on high and we have to do it exactly the way the boss says. The boss might say, look, I want to go northwest. It's not I want to get to this exact, you know, 10-digit grid square, this exact, you know, GPS-level detail. I'm going to go northwest. If we go north-northwest for a couple of months and then turn and go direct northwest, that's fine. Most leaders are okay with that. Um so giving an S a chance to think about it in advance gives them a chance, allows them to contribute to the discussion that might give you and end up with a better 
course of action. Um, but but if you if you spring something on them in a meeting, they're probably their first response is to be, I'd like to think about this first before I share, because they don't want to share negativity in front of the team. That would be fun, fundamentally the converse of what they're all about, where they're all about team unity and getting along with other people. Does yeah. that make sense? Did I, did I answer your yeah, question? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was really in my mind, I was contrasting, um, I think I was making a contrast between between getting support from a high I versus a, a support from a high S, that that if you had support ahead of time from a high I, he or she may come into the meeting and actually help you sell it. They ah. want to influence you. Where a high S, I, I could be wrong here, I think it's a little bit different in the sense that you're going to have less negative behavior. They're not necessarily going to be somebody in the meeting who, because they have advanced notice, or necessarily going to sell it like a high ah. I would. Ah. Is that is that a... No, I, no, actually, um, no, that's not true. The, okay. the, S's, the S's will support it. They, they won't. I mean, they won't get in somebody's face and try to persuade somebody, but they'll make a case. They'll say, well, here's what I like about that. And I found in most situations that having two or three people to say, boy, I like that, or that's a good thing, even if they're small suggestions or they're generally, they're, they're not yeah. fundamentally jumping on a soapbox for you. They move the ball forward, they, yeah. Exactly. They move the ball forward. They're not your cheerleader, okay? And quite frankly, the high I who does that in a meeting and says, hey, I want to tell you how much I agree with Mike's idea. The high S's are saying, you know what, you're not the boss and we're not listening to you anyway. We're right. processing right now. So All just right. sit down and be quiet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. Um, asking them personally to support an effort is very powerful. In other words, rather than expecting them to go along with everybody else in a meeting, taking time separately to say, look, I'd really appreciate your support on this. Here's why I think this will be helpful to you. Here are the things I think you're looking for. Hopefully you'll be able to support me. That kind of individual appeal, recognizing their value um, and asking them to support you, very, very powerful. High eyes don't need that. They're just like, okay, I get it, you know, tell me what you need to do. High Ds, um, asking them to support you, they see that as a sign of weakness in some case, and they're mm -hmm. like, okay, good, what can I get out of this? <laughs> um, um, a real powerful one that I struggle with for a long time is when a high S comes to see you, stop doing everything else and focus on them. That email you're doing, the BlackBerry prayer you're you're hunched over your desk doing, uh, the shuffling of papers, the uh, the moving things around. Hey, sure, no, I'm going to a meeting, but but it, you know, let me let me just get ready and you can talk. Just arbitrarily clicking on websites. <laughs> yeah, that might <laughs> my happen. personal favorite. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so slow down, listen attentively. I find putting my hands in my lap is very powerful for me. That happens to be a sort of a totem for me. If I mm. put my hands in my lap when someone is talking to me, it means I'm, I'm choosing particularly in this situation to slow down and focus. Eye contact, trying to, to, to tune out all the other distractions I have going on in my life at that time. Um, and whatever you do, don't interrupt them. So that's in general. Okay, those are some things you can do right away. Um, delegating. Let's say you're my boss. And I'm a high S, and so I'm. I'm. Uh, if you're going to delegate to me, because I'm the high S being delegated to, if you're delegating to them, take your time. Know that 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 delegating to a high S might be a longer meeting than delegating to a D. The D just says, "Is that the sheaf of papers you want me to work on?" And they rip it out of your hands and say, "I'll I'll get back to you when I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> 
the high eye wants you to, to, to sing to them a little bit and say how wonderful they are and say, hey, here's a bunch of paperwork. And they'll forget the paperwork because they, because they just want to go tell people, I just got delegated to. The high S, you need to spend a few extra minutes and say, look, here's why this is important. Uh, here's why I'm choosing you. Um, here are the things I, I'd, um, I need from you. Uh, going over everything a couple of times, allowing them time to process because their first response is this is something new. Uh, I don't want to let it into my inner circle until I understand what its ramifications are for me and for those people around me whom I care about. Um, when you tell someone I, the value of this or the benefit to this, talk about how it helps the team. Talk about how it helps them. Focus on benefits for the team and for the people in the organization because S's are all about people. Whereas with a high D, tell them how it'll get them promoted. Okay. Um, with a high C, you'd be talking about how things will run more efficiently. With a high I, tell them how it'll look really good when you win, right? Um, again, allow them plenty of time. They'll probably come back with questions. Don't think that that means they didn't get it. It means they thought about it and they continue to think about it. And there are times when you'd wish that your high D's or I's would spend half as much time as your S's and C's do thinking about things because they wouldn't go off half cocked. They'd take their time and the first steps they made would obviously prove to you that they knew what they were doing rather than the high I, which just does a scatter shot. I know I've done that. And then throws away eight of those things. And you're like, yeah, I know you did 10 things and eight of them were bad. And five of them were with my, with, were with my worst enemies here at work. And now I have mitigation. You know, I've, I have to go ameliorate the problems you created for me. And the I says, oh, but I'm done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm cleaning up your mess. High S's don't make messes. Um, um, it may very well be that they need to aggregate two or three of the people. They might ask you, hey, can I get some help with this? It may not be that they can't do it themselves, Mike. It's that they like working with other people and they know there are things that other people are good at and they'd like to be sort of a quasi team leader, a quasi project manager. And, and to, to me, I, if they can justify getting somebody to help them and that person is willing to help them as long as it doesn't affect other work, I'd say, sure, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, leverage other people as much as you need to. Um, and again, expect frequent visits. They, uh, they're going to be very comfortable reporting to you, telling you how they're doing. They're going to want to get feedback. How am I doing in return? So they may say, you know, once a week is not enough. I'd like to do twice a week updates. Now, high D says, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just send me a mail saying everything's fine. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I care about. IS might want to sit down and say, here's what I did. Here's how she felt about that. Here's what we did in hindsight. I want to replay this conversation for you. Yeah, Mike, right now, folks, Mike's eyes are rolling back in his head and his head just fell off his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, that's sensitivity to the other person's point of view. So that's delegating. What about feedback? Well, people are going to think I'm like, <laughs> it's no. like yeah. awful. Well, I, can't, I can't control my, uh, no. my emotions when the, these things happen. I have one partner, folks. I'll only have one partner for the rest of my life, and it's Mike. So um, feedback. Obviously, you want to be gentle. Um, if you're giving me feedback, Mike, you can get away with saying, hey, Mark, you know when you do that? It really ticks me off. Could you do that differently? Uh, yeah, Mike, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I'd say, yeah, got it jerk <laughs> right? right right and it would be a joke but you know i would i would have heard it whereas with an ass <laughs> you'd, you'd say well the fact that i did that didn't tick you off you chose to get ticked <laughs> off yeah. i poked you with the umbrella now you're mad, you got mad all, all by yourself yeah, i don't have any worries about how you're feeling is how you feel is your fault horseman's law right um yeah be gentle 
um, take a little bit longer, particularly, you know, obviously if it's, we're talking about adjusting feedback here, uh, obviously do it privately much more. So if I'm a high D, you can give me feedback in front of the team. I don't mind. I'm okay. I like feedback. I'm, feedback is the breakfast of champions. And as a friend of mine once said, feedback is the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and late night snack of champions. Um, but do it privately with high S's. Take your time, show how the change that you're going to ask them to consider will benefit the team. Um, Expect them to accept, accept it quietly. Maybe think about it. Maybe be a little bit muted in, in terms of, okay, yeah, I'm on board with this. Maybe 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 you'll sense they're getting their feelings hurt and you're like, oh my gosh, am I, am I a troll here? Not necessarily. They're just going to internalize it and they might be a little bit embarrassed by it. Um, and yet, when they get it, they'll make the change and they'll stick with the change much better than the D's or I's will. Um, they will internalize it and make it a part of how they are um, so they respond very well to feedback delivered in a professional, private, quiet, sensitive way. Hmm. Um, in terms of coaching, now we're talking about the coaching model. Um, you may have to give them a couple more weeks to make some of the changes that you want. So when you're thinking about a deadline, perhaps give them some more time, not because they're slower, but because they tend to think things through more carefully. Now, if you give them longer lead times in the beginning, the project will go so well that you'll end up actually with the same end time, but they'll go slower in the beginning as they're processing through how this is going to be different. Um, expect them to want to collaborate. When you pick out resources that a high S is going to be using in her training, in her, in her coaching, use resources that involve other people talking to someone in HR. It's not a book online. Although sometimes, you know, I'm not saying eliminate books or eliminate reading. I'm saying start with those things that involve other people. That will appeal to them, working with other people, rather than I'd like you to go spend a week in the library studying. That's not something that a high S is going to jump mm. on. Okay, a high C, send them to the library, okay? but not a high S. Um, and at times, you're probably going to have to hold them to timelines a little bit. They're going to want to make sure they're going to want to dot their I's and cross their T's and get everything really, really solid before they move on to the next step. And you may feel like you're cracking the whip a little bit. Nothing wrong with doing that as long as you have a justification for why you want to take eight weeks rather than 10, but recognize you may get some pushback there. It's neither right or wrong. Um, you won't get any pushback from the eyes. They're like, sure, you wanted 10. I can do it in five. <laughs> yes. And the mess will be bigger. <laughs> it might get done, but the mess will be after the fact will be bigger. Um, if you report to a high S, um, don't expect any radical changes to come down. If you come into a job and you see your high S boss and you say, boy, it's pretty clear that in the next six months, she's going to have to blow this place up and turn it around because we're way off base. Unlikely to happen, you yeah. know? Um, and so the other side, if you're, if you're a senior manager, director, VP or whatever, you have an organization that needs rapid turnaround. High yeah. S is Probably, probably not the good choice. In there. Right. On the other hand, when the high D comes in, makes a rapid turnaround and things are better and you say, he's the right guy for the job and you leave him there for two years and you wonder why the team's uh, behavior starts to deteriorate, it's because the D may very well have lost interest and it may be time to put a high S in that role for steady, repeatable, count onable results going forward. Yeah. 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 Our, our experience in uh, our first army assignment was a little bit like that in terms of the state of the battalion required a very high D right. commander. We didn't have one. We didn't have one. And, and that suffered. one got relieved. <laughs> and then the next one got relieved. And then yeah. we got the guy who turned it around and he was, you know, he's one of our heroes. So yes. we, we don't, we, we, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. But at, at some point when he got us to arguably the best battalion yeah. in the army. In the army. 
the next step was a different kind of commander. Yeah. Right. He and he was ready to move on. Right. And like you know, this is he was itchy. He was saying, you know, I, is there something else I can fix? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and if he if he'd have gone somewhere else, and I could have gone with him, I would have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As would every everybody else. Every other Yes, exactly. Um, um, so so don't expect radical change for them. Show them how the team will benefit from any sort of suggestion you might make to them. Hey, listen, if we do this, here, here's the benefit to me and my peers. Rather than saying, here's what I want to do, say, hey, I've talked to my peers. I've staffed this with them. You know, I, I guess I'm the vo- the mouthpiece here for everybody. We've talked about it. We think this might be a good idea. We'd like you to consider it. And, and think about that phrasing, Mike. We'd like you to consider it. Not, here's what we think should be done. People use those kind of phrases interchangeably. And there's there's a noticeable difference in terms of the response mm. of a high S versus ID. Hey, you know, um, uh, we'd like you to consider this. Right. We like you to consider this. Because right. they're going to consider it. They're anyway. going to process it, right? Exactly. So, to so you might give, well, them, give them permission. Invite them to do yeah. what they're going to do anyways. Yeah, rather than saying, don't you think this is a good idea? That's almost challenging for an S, mm. right? Oh, or, hey, listen, I'm sure you have some questions. Think about it. And then come back to me, and I'll be happy to answer all your questions. Yeah, the S's do have questions, and they want time to get them ready. Whereas, what do you think? It's not something that a high S is necessarily going to respond positively to. In fact, I would be willing to bet you that anybody out there who has a, a boss who they think is a high S, if they go in and present an idea to him and then says, what do you think? I bet you that high S physically moves away from them. Mm. You know, to not put a too fine a point on it, they recoil from that. Well, you know, let me think about it. And what you've just said, it what, what the feedback they've just given you is, I might actually be comfortable with the idea, but I don't care for your approach here. I, I'm going to do it in a way that works for me, in part because I'm the boss and I get to do that. Um, you, you've got to be able to collaborate with your peers if you're working for IS. You cannot run roughshod over your peers. You must be willing to engage in behavior that shows collaboration and avoids conflict with your teammates. You know, going to an S and say, I don't like what Bob's done is is, is absolutely fundamentally opposed to how they believe things should go. They believe people should work together, that you should swallow your pride. You should swallow your ego. You should take a hit in return for collaborative, effective, um, naturally smooth, harmonious relationships with your peers and that's it cool that's excellent there's a lot of good this is a lot of good stuff you yeah. know we've gone well you know 50 minutes or so we're yeah this, I, I, this was a longer one it's a longer yeah. one but this is you know I, i'm thinking back here as to what i could cut out to get this back to our kind of our sweet spot we try to be at 30 or 40 minutes but I, you know i don't know that there's a lot you can cut out other than some of my stupid inane jokes yeah. other than, yeah, and mine too mine and, too. and that, but that's about you know 30 seconds so um, and, and, you know, it reminds me in light of the, the response people have been given to the to the to the disc profile and, and our the, the fact that we could continue talking about this. We, you and I could continue to debate this for another hour um, makes me think that uh, there, there's probably some some podcasts, some specialized podcasts we deliver in the future that builds this out in even more detail uh, and gives uh, even more detailed ideas and guidance for the various styles and how to interact with them and so on. Yeah, you'd, you'd love to take, you know, tens. Uh, my inclination is we're not going to do this, so don't worry, folks, you're, you're near the end here. But you'd like to take like 10 very specific scenarios that occur every day, right. every week in business, and walk through how you would attack it from the perspective of a high D, a high I, high yep. S, high C. Right. And, and any combination of those two 
here's what S and C would do. Here's right. what a D and I would do. And, and where you are on that side of the coin, this is how you might want to behave differently. Yeah. It can get pretty complex. Yeah. And think about this for a minute, Mike. Think about you're in a meeting. Okay, and you, 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 you've listened to that cast that you're talking about. Okay, so some, one of our listeners is in a meeting, and somebody says, okay, yeah, we got to go talk to Bob over there. And you say, okay, yeah, you're right. Good point. He, he's got a piece of this puzzle, and we got we to gotta get their buy-in. And, and then you say, say okay, well, who's going to do that? And, and, and you say to them, well, look, I was thinking about it. If it were me, I know my style is this way, and Bob's style tends to be this way. So therefore, some of the things I'm going to be thinking about are this, 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 and this. So probably my presentation would be something like da-da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da, and therefore this. I bet you everybody else in that meeting, mouths would be hanging open. How did you do what you just did? Well, I just thought about him and I thought about me. And actually, I'm not so sure it should be me. Maybe it should be you because you're naturally more like him. As long as we get our points across, let's be clear about, let's communicate in a way that makes sense to him. And every single one of the people on the team will say, no, we want you to do it. That was an impressive tour de force analysis of your style and his style. How did you do that? Well, actually, I use this thing called the disc model. Um, yeah, I, I, in fact, you, well, you've seen people do that with me, right? I was just thinking, yeah, I was just going yeah. back to a conversation with one of your clients maybe three or four weeks ago, and that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that kind of, that, that to me, that's what Manager Tools is all about, giving people tools that will make them more effective. Not to think differently about management, but to do things that will make them more efficient and more effective day to day. Yeah, right. So I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. So, okay. So the point is we're not going to do that today. No, so no, all, no, yeah. all we're asking people right now, if you, if you, if you're new to disc and you're excited about this, then be aware of it. Just be aware of how people behave differently than you. Right. And when you, if you're aware that somebody's a high D, we give you the, the, the tools here to identify what profile people kind of fit into generally. Um, he or she's a high D and you're a high S that's that's a great start. Just, right. just work. I, on I would argue that even if you just make that awareness, our listeners are smart people. You're going to innately, without even trying, modify your behavior slightly. Absolutely. And, and then if you leverage that, and then do some of the things we've talked about here today in terms of interactions and so on, you take it to the next step. It's not going to be hard at all, and you'll get a noticeably different response. And then if you really start engaging on it, people are going to say, no, we want you to talk to them. And you're going to be the hero of our project team because you can communicate with somebody that nobody else can because you have a framework for the communication. Whereas before, we just thought it was two personalities clashing. Right. Good. Great. Thanks. Good show. Excellent. Thank you once again for joining us today. And thanks for taking the time to register on our website. If you have any questions or comments about the DISC model or the show in general, Please join us in the discussion forums at Manager Tools. That's www.manager-tools.com slash forums. Or as always, feel free to write us at show at manager-tools.com. Lastly, if you made it this far into the show, make sure you actually go use this stuff. If you're new to the DISC model, set a simple goal of becoming conscious of other folks' behavioral styles and how they may differ from yours. Use any model you like. We're offering the DISC model as one model that Mark and I have found to be extremely useful. But use a model and just start paying attention. It gets real easy after that. Don't make it any harder than it needs to be. So that's it. Thanks again, and we'll talk again soon. So long. <laughs>